And we're back with um, To Be Decided. I'm Takesha, homeschooling mom of three children. And Shanice, homeschooling mom of two. Today we are going to explore talking about things based on the philosophies or ideals or what we think about them. So we're going to um, start with liberated parenting. It may be a term that some people have heard thrown around and are not quite sure exactly what it means or how they can apply it to their lifestyle. So we kind of wanted to talk about how we view it. Uh, so there's a couple of, I haven't actually read any books on parenting and liberation. I'm still working on actually reading. <laughs> but for me, it's in the same line of free range, free, um, what do they call it? Raise, raising free, free people. I just like the liberating term better. I feel like it means more than free. I don't know. It's just something about free just doesn't work for me. For oh, it's describe. a loaded word. And I think free range parenting is the intentions are slightly different. Um, I laugh when they cough. They're so loud. Uh, yeah, so so how would we describe um, liberated, <clears throat> I'm sorry, liberation or parenting from a liberated ideal? For me, I guess that means allowing my kids to be people, whole beings, not just, <laughs> not just, um, children who will one day be adults like giving allowing them rights and respect from this stage so my oldest is six we're still we're still navigating that to be quite honest we have issues with like media and me and food that i do offer a bit of control over but at the same time i and relinquishing it based on his like capabilities for all of them, the other two or four. Um, so for me, when I hear liberated parenting and the idea of understanding that um, we all, while we live in what we deem to be a free society, we're not all free from restrictions mentally and even physically for some like I want my kids to not be to feel like there's a limit to who they can become and how they can be happy or what it means to exist. <laughs> they are really enjoying whatever they're watching. Freely. <laughs> so, you know, picking their own stuff. They dress themselves in the morning. We're getting better at them picking out their clothes. Like, well, they, have, they don't really. My, we do a lot of hand-me-downs and stuff. But, like, picking out their own stuff not being told what time to wake up. They do have a bedtime, but that's more for our sanity, and even that's loose. Um, we have meal times, but that's mostly, again, for me. Like So when I think of, I feel like when people talk about free range or liberated or whatever, or even when we talk about unschooling and all these other ideas, people think that we just, it's let your kid run free and with no inhibitions and you just allow them to free reign over everything. And to a degree, sure, why not? But that's in the same respect of somebody saying to you, oh, so you're a liberated free person, so you just 
run around free range and do whatever you want? Yeah, I do. That doesn't mean we don't teach them respecting other people's boundaries, respecting well, other people's things and property and their selves. That doesn't mean that's not taught as well or instilled in them. But even that is complicated. I mean, I feel like when I think about free range parenting or what is now called free range parenting, which was at other points in history was called just parenting. parenting. <laughs> it's, I'm not limiting my kids to the backyard. I'm not limiting my kids to the playroom. If they want to go out and play, go out and play. If they want to ride their bike, ride their bike. You don't have to sit next to me in the park. I don't have to hold your hand. I'm not giving you a boost into the tree. Like we're here. You make the choices about how you're going to play and what you're going to do. And I'm giving you the space to do that. I think that the framework to free range parenting, at least as I understand it in its current iteration, is specifically around those types of things. Um, whereas liberated parenting is more of an intentional whole life approach mm -hmm. that goes beyond how you're spending your outdoor time. Um, how to manage your emotions, how to manage life in general. Right. And so for me, I feel like the goal uh, or the hope is that by working towards liberated parenting that I'm living or leading my children to a life where they are living for themselves in the absence of fear mm -hmm. and making decisions because they genuinely want to. And whether that means that they are being empathetic or caring, it's because they feel that that's how they want to feel and not because they feel pressured to feel that way. Um, yeah. But the issue I take when people say things like, oh, so you feel like you just run around doing whatever you want. I feel like somewhere in the basis of that question is that people seem to think if there were not rules against like murder, that I would inherently want to go out and stab everyone. <laughs> and that is not the yeah. case. Mm -hmm. So I struggle with that. Like, what are that's, you really saying to me like right now? Religion, like something within religion, like, like if, as an, as someone who's agnostic, I feel like when I observe like people who are religious and they think without religion, you have no morals. I think, yeah, so like religion <laughs> like, uh, plays a heavy part in it, but usually when people are framing questions like that, a lot of what they're saying is like, no, you are a decent human because there are rules dictating so. And it's that, no, that's not. But that's also just, no. That's also what they have to tell themselves in order to survive. Like there are rules in place for us to follow to this. Therefore, that's why I follow them and therefore other people should follow them. And if you don't follow them, there's something wrong with you and I should, my job is to put you in, get you in order because I've just, I've understood that these rules should be followed. And it's like, no, that's not anything. Like that's, that's on you. That's your whole bag you have and to deal with. And it also assumes that like, so all of us want to go be out murdering people and we don't do so because the there are rules about this. <laughs> but then what about the people actually out there murdering people? With the like, rules do, in place. Yeah, like, <laughs> what? 
Or even it's that. It's so confusing. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't understand it. Even that movie, you know, The Purge or whatever. Is it right? The Purge? Yeah, so I think so. You like can, one day you can go out and murder people or you can, the laws don't apply. If that went into effect, which I feel like we are not that far off from that day coming, I'm still going to be locked up in my house trying to get away from the people who are crazy that I'll see the next day like, hey, what's up? You know, like, but I don't, I don't have any desire to like throw caution to the wind and not be part of that. So bringing that back to like liberating, just, I just don't like all the shit that we have to unlearn as women alone, let alone like black or minority, whatever, like, I don't want that on my kids. I don't want my daughter to have to unpack the idea that she is not free to wear and be whoever she wants to be on any given day. And it's not to please me or anybody else and not to get out of all of those things that we are conditioned into that mindset. Like, why is that so hard and such a horrible thing? Because you're unpacking it now as an adult. You don't like having to be put into this box. So why well, is it so weird to, to want yeah, to raise so my child? I think that's ultimately <laughs> what it is, right? We don't, we're hopefully raising children so that they don't have to wait until they're 35 or 40 or they're, or have children of their own to be processing their lives, okay. recovering from the world as it exists. <laughs> oh, we have a visitor now. Um, <laughs> Door open, everything. Hold on. And just being. All right, and we're back. Um, sorry, we have... Um, a visitor with us again today because today is movie day um so do you want to introduce yourself again visitor <laughs> yes hi i'm yael um i have two kids they're three and seven and i'm somewhere on this journey too yeah <laughs> so we um we were just um i guess ranting a little bit about the um asinine <laughs> idea that without laws and rules and regulations people would be running rampant. And I guess we can bring it back to liberation and what that means specifically for us. Cause I feel like if you Google the term or explored it, there'd be so many different routes you could go. And I su completely support all of them. <laughs> but for us, we, I guess just like they have whole life unschooling, we're whole life liberation, like any barrier that you think you may have as an adult or a person, we want to challenge those, you know? So it's not, a, what I was gonna say before we paused or whatever was uh, the idea that um, raising children, you know, I mean, we're black, so I can be candid a little bit with like the idea that white people let their children run rampant versus like black people have a, a, a kids act a certain black kids act a certain way around their families because their parents wouldn't allow them to be a certain way and we have this idea that this liberation free range whatever is not for us which I definitely challenge but I think what that really is about is um what's it called entitlement so like we get it's the same thing with like when you first have a baby and we talk about the good baby and sleeping with all these different things and then you realize that we're in this world of, oh, we don't want to have entitled kids or kids who take up space. But I'm like, we do. We just don't like the negative way in which that's done with that involves white supremacy and patriarchal capital, like all those different things. Like you have like this white male privileged being that walks into a room 
and he feels like he's entitled to everything within that space. No, I don't really want my kid to be an entitled douchebag, but I do want them to feel that when they walk into a space, they shouldn't shrink themselves or they just like their friend or anybody else in the space, they do have entitlement. So when they're in their home, like, you know, we all are raised that when our parents are like, when you get, well, as long as you're under my roof, you have to do this, this and that. And you think, okay, that was how I was raised. So when I get my own space, I get to make the decisions. So sometimes we end up getting to the mindset of like, oh, I'm going to pass that on to my kids. So when you're in my space, but then at my experience is that I realize it's their home too. So to break the cycle, my sister and I talk about that all the time of like trying to not um, have people having to unpack. Um, yeah, there, there's, sorry, um, <laughs> the kids knock something down, so I'm just going to talk right through it. So <laughs> um, having that idea that we have to unpack and like work through the damage that was done, like each generation, we're trying to break that cycle. So I want my kids to be at home and at home. Yes, we do have rules, but most of the rules are, please don't break my stuff. <laughs> you can yeah. right. In, I mean, inside the home, I think that holds true. Um, do you feel like there's a difference because your kids are black and how that's viewed when they're in the community? I mean, so for me personally, I feel like I'm too stern for white, gentle, attached parenting spaces, and I'm too relaxed for like um, black spaces where they are conditioned into the mindset that I describe. You know what I mean? Like there are plenty of white people who are gentle as well. Sure. Sometimes we just say, oh, those they let their kids walk over them. Some of them are neglecting as right. well. But like if so if I'm in a space where people support spanking or and I'm not in those spaces often, but if I'm in certain spaces, even if it's at the playground or somewhere, I do feel like if I'm not yelling at my kid for running too fast or doing something that they everybody else deems a problem for it oh our, the um steam expo mm -hmm. i think my yeah. kids were leading the charge and running back and forth right so we're in a library setting even though the space is not the library but it's a space we rented i do feel i sometimes ignore it but i do feel that there is an expectation because i'm a black mom right that i would stop my kids from doing something that other people deem not not something that they should be doing in this space right. um some of the white parents in those spaces if they're more relaxed they maybe they'd walk over to their kid and be gentle and talk softly and say certain things or they ignore it too and i feel like for me it's like unless there's a big old sign that says no running here right when we go through that when we go to liberty science center if there's not a huge not liberty science center Staten Island Staten Children's, Children's Museum. Children's Museum. so if it's not a big sign stating that this is a rule this is not allowed in this space and we understand that as long as you're allowed in this space you will follow the rules then i'm not saying i'm not right you know but i feel, i do feel i want to say i feel the pressure per se but i don't always act on it i tend to challenge it sometimes sometimes right. it depends like I mean, if i yeah so I, I definitely do feel it but i also have acknowledged that i definitely shelter myself from being in spaces where I feel judged so I'm no longer part of the alter um, uh, gentle parenting spaces of white people who don't understand my ex lived experiences as someone of color and I also don't 
engage a lot with people who think that smacking their kids and kids should just be seen right. philosophy in life as well. Right. So, I mean, I happen to be related to some of them. <laughs> you know, like, we also don't hate, we don't go to, like, Thanksgiving functions and, you know, endure all that. So there's a lot of, you know, little things about that. So, I don't know. Um, I want to explore more, but I'm trying to figure out what direction we want to go in because I could talk about this forever. <laughs> so, I mean, is there like a term that there's not a, I mean, I know there's a bunch of like, I this podcast, Parenting for Liberation. I'm pretty sure there's a couple of books out about liberated parenting, but I don't know if they all agree on the same like philosophies as well. Because it's such no. a. Well, what happens is liberated parenting, there are a lot of books with that in the title. Mm-hmm. However, it like anything else is a loaded term and so what you find is a lot I find that a lot of the available books about that are specifically about liberated parenting tend to be um, very religious and somehow (laughs) and still not even like coming to terms with religion and uh, a freer parenting style but more making religion work for you like how we as christians well not we because i'm not but (laughs) but like that's kind of the basis for the books is like how we as christians can change or use parenting as a way to move change forward um i even have a hard time with social people who are in the social justice world being religious i don't know how you can so challenge unless there is something new new the last couple of times that i have checked that is what has been readily available um in terms of liberated panting both in terms of blogs and books yeah i've been reading a couple of blogs where i'll look at something and the title of it seems like it's what i'm looking for and then when i read into it their idea of liberated is like you know, letting your love for Jesus be in, which is, you know, that's, right. fi- that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when I think of liberating, like, the word, and I think of, like, women throwing their bras into fires and stuff like that, like, liberating yourself, but then, that, that, but I still like the term better than free, because I feel mm-hmm. like we don't really understand free enough for that to even be the word that I want to use, because... You know, people talk about being free all the time, but then they'll be like, I have to get up in the morning and do this. And I'm like, but you, then you're not free. We talk about the matrix and getting out of the system. And then you still perpetuate a lot of things. It's like, oh, but things need to be done this way and that way. Like I said, with one of the reasons why our inspiration for doing this is like we listen to a lot of social justice-minded podcasts. And when it gets to children, they still uphold the, the oppression of children. And they don't even see it. They don't even get it. Like, oh, kids shouldn't do this or kids should be doing this or it's even think oh when I was or younger just, I was raised this way the the concept that you do not become fully human until you become an adult exactly and I well, but I think the term you know using the word liberated or liberation is helpful because it's it's a verb this is something you're actively doing mm-hmm. right it's not that your kids are free or not free that you're working towards liberating mm-hmm. your kids because I think all of us are in a process here it's not like you just wake up one morning and you see every restriction that you've grown up with and all yeah. these these boundaries mm-hmm. and these oppressions that are have always been around you and you just are free from them mm-hmm. right it's it's yeah cuz you think of like okay i'm free yes to walk down the street in some towns i'm not free to walk down the street after a certain time if i'm like a certain age or even if not a certain age 
and then but so people don't miss that part right or even right. like I'm free to walk down the street but if I was naked right I'm not free to walk down the street naked especially not as a woman topless or whatever like I'm not but working through liberation I would challenge that in a different way than if I just said free like that's just the way I kind of like come together in my head that the liberation term just like speaks a little more yeah and I think that if I if I think of it as as freedom then it's it's a binary it's either I'm doing this and I'm done or I'm not doing it where the idea of liberation to me feels more like something that I'm working through raising my kids in a more liberated way than I was knowing that I'm not going to do that right that there are still things that I'm perpetuating that are um I'm either still learning to see or I'm learning how to deal with um yeah you're not going to hit all every single like door or whatever and also it's an exploration the to me it's like you get to make it gets to be on your own terms Mm -hmm. so like I can be like in our household we are actively pursuing to liberate our children out of like certain mindsets which my kids may not even see as being liberated because we're not we're starting from the ground which is why it's hard to teach them about race because (laughs) you have to teach all like every part of it like but anyway um when they get older they might see restrictions that I didn't realize to me was a restriction and then therefore liberate themselves from that if they are continuing down that path hopefully I would like for them to I predict teenage years are going to be really challenging for us because I want them to challenge me I want them to be able to say no you're wrong right that's not okay that that he's bringing up the back part of the poster you're not supposed to play with that Kaisen yeah (laughs) you can put it right there I break it I want someone to watch it (laughs) <laughs> okay, thanks. So, I mean, there's still a movie on, but, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, so those kind of things. Like, I, you know, it's 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 one of those, I think, for me, it's kind of like um, practicing what you preach kind of idea. Like, I used to say I like to preach what I practice, but with parenting, it's hard to do that. Like, I can tell you about something that I'm doing, yeah, but this is, like, such a, ongoing thing that it's hard to put that first so for me it's like okay this is what I value and this is what I would like for our household to do so I'm going to put it into practice and it's a challenge (laughs) like every day I I definitely tell like in the car when we got here I was like if you guys go inside and you can't respect the house then you are we're leaving and now of course Apparently, there's some disrespect with Shanice's poster. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that it's was not broken. already in the yeah. Okay, that <laughs> was yeah. already in the process. Of okay, but coming the, down. Yeah, so it's you know, but I don't know. But so, what's something that you probably say that is um out of the norm that you practice as far as like liberating our your kids from I mean it's hard to say because we're also right very intentional about the communities that we are in and the spaces that we occupy and even the spaces that are not inherently black spaces or spaces occupied primarily by um, black or indigenous persons of color they are still by and large gentle parenting um, attached parenting people who are somewhat on this spectrum who are somewhere along the journey and or working towards being on the journey so 
my contact with people from the uh, the mainstream is pretty <laughs> limited these days too. Yeah, me too. Facebook Spaces, I guess. I mean, I know, right? and what that is rapidly declining as well because. Of the, Okay, so well, but even, no even just that. in public, you know, we were at the pizza place today and my kids were waiting by themselves while I went to the bathroom or, um, you know, I'll, we'll be at the, the park or the grocery store. I mean, I think that's where we interact more with people from a, a mainstream perspective is just um, places where random adults don't have certain expectations of what your kids should and shouldn't be doing. So spaces where my kids are loud. Right. <laughs> my kids are like always running around and loud in those spaces. But okay, so in your house, like food-wise, should your kids like cook? that is, no matter what the topic is, mm-hmm. that is the case, right? So that the, not Maybe specific to. Maybe a doctor's office. <laughs> to right. a no, liberated parenting scope because people have those issues. Even, I mean, even the most mainstream parents still have those issues where that person, an outside person, regardless of what they're doing, has there in their head some idea that is completely disconnected from the rest of the world of what they think kids should be doing. So even that, I feel like... So if you're not liberating, you're still criticized for... Right, because whatever your child is doing is wrong, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum, I think, in most places. I leave my kids in the car a lot. Well, if not, whatever you as a parent (laughs) Right, right. Specifically as a mother. You're judged, yeah. So, okay, so your kids cook, right? Tegan cooks a lot. Searsha is starting to cook more. But Tegan can operate the oven. Tegan does... And we... So we have a microwave now we have not had a microwave their entire life um so my kids don't really know how to use a microwave they have no interest in learning to use a microwave um i think we are actively planning to get rid of the microwave because it's taking up more space than we need (laughs) um and we would much rather have something else so um yeah, my kids use the oven. We also don't have a toaster, so if they want to eat, they've got to learn to use the oven or the stove. Um, Tegan also uses the stove. Searsha uses primarily... She can use the oven with Tegan's assistance, but Searsha primarily uses an electric griddle so that she does not have to worry six. about the gas. And she is six. And Tegan's eight. Yes. Um, and Searsha makes you coffee. Yes. <laughs> well, the they, yeah. They, I don't care. My kids wouldn't been able to work yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, I'm trying to get them to make breakfast more often, but we bake a lot together, and I give them a little more trust in those areas because mine is more mess, and not because I don't trust them, and I don't think they won't make the mess, because I don't want to be responsible for cleaning up the mess. They are not great at cleaning up after themselves. But with that said, when we did paint the other day, Jonathan did offer to help me clean up, and he did a good job, and I was very impressed with him for that. So. My thing is, like, you don't have to... It doesn't have to be blanket. Like, now that I know... I mean, I knew this already, but knowing that Tegan uses an oven or what Searsha does, I'm not going to go home and be like, Jonathan, now you need to be able to do right. these things because Tegan can right. do them and she... like you. But meeting that kid where they are, I do think that Kamor, who is only four, will be able to do a lot of those things earlier than her brother right. and the other brothers then. Um, because she listens and follows mm-hmm. directions and she thinks before she just she does she's not all over the place so when we're baking and cooking I have more confidence that she's ready 
her in her readiness. Right. And I'm not looking at her like, oh, but you're only four, or you're small, right. or you're my baby, or anything like that. It's like, no, she is capable of this. And I think I think that could be in my upbringing when I was and ready to too, cook. But so like my you, mom the, that. the the other thing is that I'm not afraid of them getting hurt. Like ultimately, mm-hmm. my concern is them like blowing up the house. So my concern is leaving the gas on Mm -hmm. or our stove is sensitive. Um, The stove we had before we lived here was sensitive. Mm -hmm. If you bump into it, the the knob can turn. And so like my concern is the gas. If they burn themselves, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they know what to do immediately. um, Even before they come get me necessarily to treat a burn acutely, like immediately. Um, if they break something, they know how to clean up or start the process of cleaning up, say, glass shards mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, my but they, like, they cut themselves. They, mm-hmm. It's a cut. And so the, the fears that a lot of people have that prevent them from doing that, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have. Like, Searsha still struggles to cut. She cuts herself almost essentially every time she tries to use a knife. Mm-hmm. That's not stopping her from trying to learn to use the knife. And that's not causing me to stop her from trying to use the knife. Because if I stop her, then she's not going to learn to not exactly. cut herself. But so you- we treat the cut. And then we go and back to people using fall flat. They're like, I'm so afraid of this happening. Knife. Or this is this has happened, I'm just going to not do it. And then your kid is scarred with the idea like they're not capable of doing something because of or you're so invested in the outcome yeah right Mm. that it if it doesn't that you have to be in control of it so that it turns out a certain way yeah right yeah so Um, avi was using a knife from very early he still won't cut his own food though because he doesn't like when his food is messy so if he cuts it himself and it's going to be messy he won't eat it so he'll use a knife to cut up, you know, carrots or cut up potatoes when we're cooking. But when it comes to the food on his plate, he still wants somebody to do it for him because it needs to turn out a certain way. Where And he's acknowledged that he's not ready to do that like right. yet. But also he yeah. could so practice whatever, but he just doesn't want the messy well, sure. food. Yeah, but he doesn't want the messy food. So he's more concerned about the messy food than devoting the time to learning how to cut his food neatly. Which is he, fair. He had planted parsley, right? And he was ready to transplant it. And so he went out in the backyard and he dug a hole and he planted it. And it was in this like clay soil in a shady spot. It was not where I would have put the whole clump together where I would have broken up. Like he did it very differently from how I would have done it, but he did it 100% by himself. It's his plant. I don't care. I hope it turns out great. If, if it, not, if it dies, it dies. It's a like, learning process I, all on his. I, I, because I'm not invested in the outcome of this, he mm-hmm. can go through that process however he wants. Yeah. Um, so and that's now, where it's challenging because if you were invested and if you really wanted a parsley, I can plant my own parsley. Yeah, but technically, you could also do exactly what you've done with him planting the parsley, and also plant your own. Like you could do so many different or things. I can plant parsley, and my parsley could die too. Right? Yeah, this exactly. Whole idea. Like this one day we had the kids over, and we did all those experiments. We had all the glasses mm-hmm. out, right? And I had all these different glasses out, and the kids were doing all these experiments and playing with them, and not a single kid broke a glass. Put them all in the dishwasher while I was putting away the glasses. I broke one of them. So we have all these fears that the kids are gonna they're gonna break something, they're gonna cut themselves, they're gonna run so make mistakes. I, adults do that all the time. Exactly. I drop stuff, I break stuff, I cut myself. Shanice has that experience with the library, right? Where they were doing the paint in the library. Did we talk about this already? I think we might have. <laughs> when they were doing the gel press, they were required that adult be present. My kids have been painting their entire lives. I literally was deleting 
photos on Facebook this morning <laughs> from when they were both a few months old who were painting in high chairs. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And they wanted an adult to be there. And then you had to, like, the kids had to sit near their adult. So, like, my older one, who was more capable than probably most of the adults that were in the room, mm-hmm. couldn't sit where she wanted to sit. She had to sit near me um, so that I could put the paint on the gel press for them each time. Because they couldn't do But anything. as the woman is giving instructions for the gel press, she was messing it up. So if you can't do this, why? Why can't they? In her head, it's if work I this out as well. Can't do it, then the kid can't do it. But but you. according to you, you're a certified gel press person <laughs> instructor, and so what is your excuse? Like if you shouldn't be right. teaching anybody. Adulthood <laughs> has not prevented this. Mm-hmm. Right. Certification has not prevented this. Like. And if you decided to teach this to kids, then the, they're then not going to do any worse like, than you, a certified gel press instructor, yeah. is capable of doing. Like, well, and if you said, okay, so this is an activity appropriate for kids, let the kids make the mess. And it made it right. so it's much fun. worse be- for a variety of reasons for incompetent adults. But to not having enough space because they booked the space based on the amount of kids, but they did not count that they wanted the adults to take up seats for the kids. So you had kids who were waiting outside, who were running around the library because they were upset that they couldn't get into the class, that they were waiting until somebody had to finish up. And then everybody who was doing it was moving slowly because people who were actually following instructions, I was not. You're, you want to do the class, you're doing the activity. I'm not doing this. But, you didn't, if you want to but for paint, all of the people class. who were actually trying to put the paint on for each of their kids, it was taking forever because so you have you all of these kids, kids now, right, waiting for, like, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, and it's, and I feel like we do that with a lot of things when we, like, take this scenic route around just to do, like, the most basic things, like, that would have been a much quicker and much more enjoyable. And ultimately, activity. it's not even like it was like mess. the best paint ever. It was like the, the random Michael's paint that it's like if they waste it, I will go out and buy you some more Michael's paint for what a dollar fifty. Yeah. Like and it probably didn't reduce mess. It didn't. So is the fear no. that the kids are going to make a mess or they're going to paint wrong? I don't. Listen, we did it. I activity. still don't know. <laughs> we did it. But again, this woman, this was her. At was it? her black history month african-american <laughs> gel press class which was literally this white woman with stamps Seriously? that she felt yeah she announced this to us stamps that she felt were tribal looking <gasps> yes uh, i guess i shouldn't be shocked so that was just, <laughs> kind of shocked. just a ridiculous clusterfuck all around yeah yeah well we did paint like monday was it monday or last monday and there was mess and i feel like that is what you expect. Like, we, we were supposed to be doing color mixing. Mm-hmm. So they were supposed to be learning how to mix red and yellow to make orange. That did not happen. And we all survived. Right. The funny thing is, I feel like they need to do it because they understand the color mixes, like the mm-hmm. secondary colors and everything. But at the same time, they didn't do it and they still understand. Like, you know, like, I'm like, you have to do it, um, physically do it because they need to explore, like, how to mix paints or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the first time we did it, it's not like now I would be like um, limiting them if I was like, okay, we made a mess. Mommy's not going to do this ever again. Okay, so then like when when is a good time? When is it? What age 
is it okay for them to now explore paint mixing? Because reality is a lot of these things that we put arbitrary ages on, it's more the earlier you're introduced to it or the more you're introduced to it, the easier it is for you to um, understand it. I mean, sure, like things like reading or whatever, like Jonathan learned it when he needed, to, when he was ready. But if I never showed him a book, you right, know, like, <laughs> so it's just, also, if it's if it's always fear based, right? It's always that you're afraid your kid's gonna get hurt, you're afraid your kid's gonna break this, you're afraid the kid's gonna make a mess, mm-hmm. um, and so you're always protecting them from that. Then not only are they not learning how to work through that and, mm-hmm. and deal with failure and all that, they're not learning when they need help, right? Because everything is like if. Right, my kids know that if they try to do, like, they learn their mm-hmm. limits and when they need to ask for help. Yes. Because it's not that someone's always helping them when they don't need it. And then they have that um, meme of, like, when you do it for me, I learn that you do it better kind of right. idea. And it's like, I'm going through that sometimes with my husband in the kitchen. I, I was, like, 11, 12 when I said to my mom, I want to learn how to cook. Mm-hmm. My husband, when we met in his 20s, well... 21, I think he turned on that. He was very limited in what he knows, learned how to cook. And his mother is always talking about how she's so proud of her son cooking and stuff like that. And I, I don't say it, but I look and I'm like... Because you're the one who taught him. I, yeah, that's on. <laughs> and it's not just that I taught him. It was an encouragement. It was literally like... My, and growing up in my household, my mother and father cooked. Yeah. It is a deal breaker for me to be in a relationship and marry someone who can't cook. And I'm not saying you have exactly. to be a gourmet well, chef. I mean, exactly. Also- you don't have to be a gourmet chef, but if we have kids, my kids need, like, if you can make three meals, you can make them repeated throughout the month or whatever, what happens if something happens to me? Like, you need to learn how to, like, feed and fend for the whole family, too. And he and, he and parenting yeah. in general, right? So it's like you have the whole concept that mothers are burnt out. Mm-hmm. They can't get a break. They don't do anything because they can't get a break and they can't find the time. And it's like, no, you could if you really wanted to. You don't want to. Like your husband, your wife, your partner, they're all going to be extremely competent adults and will figure it out in a way that works for them. What happens is we want it to look the way we want it to look if we did it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but you have to understand that that is a choice that you're making. You're making that choice mm-hmm. then to not find the time to not do these things because this person can do it. And it doesn't have to be yeah. exactly the way that I would do it. Yeah. And that's was my it, point with him cooking. Was it you that had shared that thing about how instead of saying, like, I don't have time for this, if you shift to saying it's not a priority, um... No, that wasn't you. It wasn't me, but it okay. sounds like something. <laughs> I, mean, I see where you got how you got there. Because <laughs> I thought, and to me, that really made sense. Mm-hmm. Like now, when I'm thinking, I don't have time for something. It's like, okay, I'm saying that's not a priority. Is it really something that I want to be a priority? Okay, then. Oh, that's time with for like it. when we go back to community discussions and when people are like, "Oh, I can't make that because I'm busy or whatever." Like, right. no, if it meant something, it mattered to you. You'd make time for it. You'd figure right. it out with anything. Right. Well, I mean, unless you're like. Really and some things I'm fine with that. Some things I'm saying, mm-hmm. well, I don't do X, Y, Z because it's not a priority. And yeah. other things, if I say, well, it's not a priority, I realize, oh, wait a minute, mm-hmm. this actually is something I should be prioritizing. Yeah. And then I figure out, well, how do yeah. you make... And then with parenting, that is the thing. Like, my husband has been proactive from the beginning. And when I mentioned the thing with the cooking, he's still exploring cooking and doing things now that I did in my teenage years. And I'll mm-hmm. walk up to him and be like, why are you doing... I'm like, you know what? 
He needs that. He needs to explore. He's a grown ass man, but he's still doing things that I related to as a younger kid. And I'm hoping my kids do it at an even earlier age where they're exploring, learning how to do things and mixing and matches and learning, okay, you don't use that spice with this. He's putting nutmeg and eggs and I still think that that's the weirdest mm-hmm. thing ever. But he wanted to experiment. But that's like yeah. anything else. You don't have to do it at a certain age. We have an idea that, okay, I did this in my teenage years, so if my husband's learning as an adult, well, so what? Right? Exactly. Just like, okay, my kid learned to read at this age and your kid learned to read at that age. Like, we have this idea exactly. that you attach an age to mm-hmm. what when people Although do Although I things. do think it's a, um, we do a disservice to our children putting them out into the world without understanding basic things on how to feed themselves. But that's just my personal opinion. Right. <laughs> you know, I, think like, that, I think that you learn yeah. things when they become relevant to you. And if you don't mm-hmm. make basic life skills relevant to your child to learn because somebody's always done it for them, that is doing them a disservice. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's I mean, like, he, and he wasn't like, my husband wasn't starving either. But at the same but using that as an example, you, right. we all know a, a couple of people who have left their homes and were like, I lived off a cup of noodles because that's the only thing I knew how to make or something right. along those lines or fast food and struggling even to this day. I know people even who have moms who don't cook, mm-hmm. but that inspired them to learn how to cook. So it's like a whole different, you know, all different things. But um, but speaking of what Shanice was saying about the, um, like, like, I know, yeah, lots of moms who want to control the way their hus- their spouses do things and it's a control issue. And I have the thing where at some point it's like, if he's doing the laundry, I just leave the room. Mm-hmm. And therefore, that's what we're going to do with my kids. Like, my kids, I wash their clothes right now because our wash machine and dryer is in the basement. At some point, they're going to go down there too. Um, we do have the issue with probably needing a step stool to get into the washer. Like, you have, like I'm realizing ours is deeper than I thought it was. Yeah, we put a step stool in yeah. And then... I take the clothes upstairs. He probably is not strong enough to like lift the basket that we have, but we'll figure that out. And they just put their clothes away. They do get yelled at for this because they'll spend all day, Kaisen especially, throwing them up in the air or claiming that they're done. And there's still like 75 clothes on the floor, whatever. But I'm not looking in the drawers like, oh, you didn't fold these to my liking or sometimes I'm like I don't even care if you fold it just put it in your drawer I don't even care what drawer you're putting it in it just get it off the floor because that makes another mess and whatever and sometimes I'm like I don't even care if your room is messy the problem with their room and their playroom being messy which is why we do have a conflict is that when those spaces are messy they bring their toys and items into other spaces and make those messy as well and that's not fair to other people living in the house so that's the whole conundrum that we end up in. So it's okay. Okay, you want to throw your Legos all over the floor and you're playing with them? Please don't throw them at my TV. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. But also, since your floor is cluttered with Legos, now you're coming into the living room and I'm stepping on Legos and that's not okay. That's not fair. So we can all, we all need to live in this space and all need to be respectful. And the liberation comes from you are welcome to play and use your toys and do whatever in your spaces as you want. But understand that you share this house with other people you know and that's where we are basically and like I said it's a struggle because they are four and six so there are things that they're still learning and understanding like when we pause this Kaisen asking Yael for a hug was like a greatest accomplishment of (laughs) mine liberated (laughs) parenting and I mean even to circle back to the radical unschooling from a different session it's it's not or it should not be without <coughs> consequences. You're not. You okay, Kamar? Yeah. You're not 
going to escape consequence. What it is, is giving them the space to know what the consequences are, Mm -hmm. have the choice of what they're going to do, having all of that information and accepting the outcome of what that is. So if the choice is to clean your room or not, if you choose not to clean your room, that's fine. But the consequences, you don't have anywhere to play because the boundary at your house is you're not bringing all that out here. So. Exactly. So consequences, they're they're learning those. And as they get older, we'll have like the family meetings where they can help set right. the boundaries more than me setting them because of like not. I don't even want to say because of their age, but it's their capabilities at the moment. They there are just things that they aren't grasping yet. We talk about them, but sometimes they go over their head. I have to remind them multiple times. And I definitely yell. And like I said, I am stricter than most past, like um, positive parents or whatever. But that's my own bag that I need to get out of. The thing that I think is different I think between... the pushback is that it seems to be that your children will be without consequence. And it's like, well, yeah. no, by virtue of living in the world that we live in, there's going to be a consequence for each action. Just in general, there's a consequence for each action that you make, positive mm-hmm. or negative. But I feel having about, oh. the choice be a legitimate choice of what you're going to deal with as an outcome. As opposed to based on fear or somebody else's control over you. Right, and I think, particularly as people of color, a lot of the time we feel like, okay, well, no, we need to continue to oppress these children because of fear that the world is going to do so much worse. But the reality is the world is going to do so much worse regardless. And then they will have lived their entire life without the experience of any sort of openness or freedom. Mm -hmm. I can't stop what may or may not happen to them. Mm -hmm. But what I can do is make sure that they enjoyed the life that they had Mm -hmm. up until whatever event that may be. And that's not even really fair, like, to treat them, to give them that type of, like, life, like, restriction, restriction, restriction. So, therefore, I'm not allowed to do anything. They may as well enjoy their lives. I don't think that... Fear-based anything really benefits anybody except for the person in power. And it doesn't even benefit And they them. certainly <laughs> are not going to change the way that they are living their lives or their children are living their lives. Oh, you mean like the system? And how do you talk with your kids around that when they encounter these things kind of out in the world that they're liberated from at home and that now they're experiencing, you know, these... We don't have those conversations enough. No, so if Me. you if you right, you send your child outside at the children's museum and mm-hmm. someone stops them and says to them, you know, where whatever it is, right? So, uh, but, so my kids have just as an example. I'm laughing because I know her. <laughs> so we had this issue at the children's museum. One who was outside? Someone was outside. I think no, no there was an adult. There was an adult outside that already Probably had easy. kids outside. Somebody Some of us were upstairs and they had to go down the stairs and out the door mm-hmm. where the person already was expecting them and Tamara. knew that they were coming. Tamara. Okay, so she knew that they were coming. We had signaled to her that they were coming. She was waiting for them. And en route, one of the museum workers stopped them and then attempted to take them by the hand and lead them, took Searsha by the hand and tried to lead her back to us. Um, and so I had a conversation with my kids that was like, you are fully, the freedom that you have inside your house or anywhere else, you have in that situation. Do not touch me. 
I don't know you. You are free to walk away if you don't want to engage. You are free to ignore them if you don't want to engage. And you are fully capable of engaging any way that you see fit. Mm-hmm. From some person who is stopping you from doing what you were supposed to be doing. And kidnapping you. Right. From taking you where you were supposed to be. From an adult who was waiting for you and taking you elsewhere. And I also had that conversation with the museum staff. You kidnapped my child. And the next time you place your hand on anybody's child... It will certainly be the last. Right. Um, just not just for my child, but for anybody's child. Because I also don't understand why any adult thinks that it is okay for them to put their hands on any child that right. they don't know. Whether it be in a, a good way or a bad way. Because you also don't know the trauma or experiences of any of those children. Right. Yeah. We don't have the conversation that much because... I tend to just avoid and walk away from a lot of those, but that's the goal to mm-hmm. kind of explore like that—that's somebody else's issue. But I also have it in my own household, where that my husband is not as—he's not as co-signed onto liberation because we talk about it with like um, cursing. Right. He's not right. sold on a lot of the things. I mean, he—he he was basically raised more liberated than not, like to feel and be, but he also didn't see the point in speaking up in certain ways as a kid like right. I always talk about how we both have similar personalities mm-hmm. but I was like this from a child and he was like well I didn't, right. I didn't need to tell anybody that they were stupid or like whatever until like oh, earlier on and later on I was like well that's not my fault that you didn't right. <laughs> realize this stuff earlier on so you know he has this idea in a way of like kids um, shouldn't curse mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like most people do and he, are when the kids are playing outside he'll be like I, i'm like i don't mind them going in the front and he wants them to stay in the back for mm-hmm. his own reasons whatever it's not safe or whatever my thing is don't go in the, the front of the house and don't go running down the street because i don't know we don't know this neighborhood and you haven't explored it let's stay close by until we get to that point you know like i said they're four and six you know but well yeah so the ch- so we don't have the conversations of all those things because it's still working on the language for them to understand. Like, I don't want to be like, well, that's how daddy feels. And I don't also want them to be like, okay, because daddy feels this way now, I need to cater to daddy's feelings either. But I also don't want to teach them to say, go fuck yourself to your daddy as well. You know, like, so I'm trying to find the under, like a, a line for them to mm-hmm. build within. But with my mom and with other people, I don't even have to tell them. Like, if they don't want to talk to her, we're busy. And I just, mm-hmm. what I basically just support I, those things. I empower so, yeah. my kids to push back against no matter who it is. Because it's mm-hmm. not, it's also not their deal to work out our parenting traumas or yeah. our That's generational true. issues. That's yeah. not, so sometimes daddy might need to be told tough shit you gotta work that out you, <laughs> that that's, that's your issue that's yeah. not my issue <laughs> I will say that is where I'm like it doesn't happen often but I still struggle like sometimes I'll just look at him and be like you're being you're overreacting but I need to start to focus more on the language for them with him when he does certain things like that like so that is like I said that is my thing that I'm working on and it's hard uh, that's uh, to answer your question, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Do you deal with like? I mean, it depends. I also know that people react different, react a certain way to mm-hmm. my kids in spaces, right? I have 
and white. I have white kids. People look at them a certain way and react in a certain way. And I've seen that in public, people react differently to my kids when they're with mm-hmm. when with their with their friends than when it's just them. Um, that's a conversation I don't really know how to address with my kids so much. Um, but in terms of adults, like they know that they well, my older one knows. Mm-hmm. My little one knows that people, you know, it's his body, his choice. People can't touch it without his consent. He knows that. But in terms of, like, he doesn't really go places by himself. Or my older one has had strangers bring him home from the park. And he knows he doesn't have to talk to them. And he, he still follows them to my house. But I think because now that Actively. somebody's bothering him, he wants to yeah. be home. And also being um, in the but, moment of that is different than preparing right, But for he knows it. that they're in the wrong mm-hmm. and that he's competent to walk himself the one block yeah. down the street. I feel like my kids are oblivious um, to other people. Like, if they're, like, running somewhere, an adult is like, slow down. I think they don't even pay attention to that person who's, like, talking to them. Yeah. So that's why it's hard. But I definitely feel like I should be addressing it more often. Like, you can do whatever you want, you know? Well, Avi for sure used to not talk to it. Like, if somebody said something to him in public, he would be... He would not talk to them. He, would, he wouldn't make eye contact. Mm-hmm. He, would, he would, like physically turn away and now like today this they were um at the pizza place i went to the bathroom and as i was coming back i heard avi saying no we're just waiting for my mom and so, so i guess someone had said something to him and he at least feels like he can tell them he's fine which maybe he doesn't need to maybe he could just ignore them but mm-hmm. at least i feel like he now has a little more mm-hmm. um yeah we gotta work on that a little more confidence and his ability to yeah. say like that he's to okay everybody and engage with everybody in a friendly manner and it bothers me and it's my thing that i have to get over because it's like they'll be like just waving at the mailman mm-hmm. or um they were in the backyard when we were away my mother-in-law was like she my daughter was saying hi to the neighbor two doors down and the neighbor didn't realize she was talking to her right and i'm always like why do you need to talk to these people? like don't engage in people because they might talk to us more and i don't want them to talk to us more but at the same time, I don't want to, like, that's okay for them to do that as long as we have the other conversations surrounding. Like, you can't just think that everybody is friendly and, you know, like, have your best interest just because you see a person on the street. Yeah. So that's, but yes, but it also makes me uncomfortable because, like I said, I don't want to talk to other people. <laughs> but when they're doing something, normally, I think half the time when they're doing something that people don't approve of, yeah, I just don't. I don't have. I don't give them the language that I. Sh- I don't know that we should well, probably. Because it's do. not. It's not their deal. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It, you're if right. you're going into somebody's house, then they have rules that are for their house, mm-hmm. and even that is limited, right? Yeah, but so, like, if they don't want you to jump on their couch, then you cannot jump on their couch. Mm-hmm. If they don't want you to, I don't know. Go in a certain room. Go into a certain room. If they don't want you to throw knives, right? Then that's the rule for their house. Mm -hmm. So your knife juggling has to be done at (laughs) home. Like, but there are also still limits to even that, what somebody can say to, if they don't like the language you're using, they can say to you, I'm uncomfortable with that. And we would prefer you not use that language in our house. And they know that they still have the choice to say, well, then I am leaving Mm -hmm. or you need to figure out what your problem is with that language. And you need to articulate that to me Mm -hmm. in a way that maybe I still won't care about, but this is not enough. What you're saying to me is Especially if your reason is because of my age. Right. So they have still the right to question. Because I'm a child. Right. 
And so they know that there yeah. are still limits mm-hmm. to even when you're in somebody's house. It does not give them free range to do or right. say they, they whatever. Say you came to see grandma, now you have to give me a kiss. Right. Yeah. So or even like you're in my um, no kids in the kitchen. I hate like people to try to do those kind of things. Like, what is the arbitrary reason why there's 20 adults in this room, right. but I the child can't be here to look? Oh, because they don't want us in adult conversation or whatever's happening in the kitchen. They don't want the kid. It's those kind of things like annoy me too. Like right. it's like I've not encountered yeah. that particular one. Oh, the no kids in the kitchen happens at my house whenever I have any event. People are like, "Oh, no kids in the kitchen." I'm like, first of all, it's my kitchen." But people say that to you in your own house. <laughs> they don't tell me that, but they'll say, they they like my mother-in-law, for instance. Like, yeah, now they can't do it as much because the dining room is with the ki- in the kitchen or like the same space. Yeah. But my mother-in-law is known for that a couple times. Like, no kids in the kitchen, and I don't say anything. Because there's so much going on or whatever, but it definitely irritates me because it's like, that's not a rule that I have. Yeah. So first of all, you shouldn't be in somebody else's house enforcing rules. I don't care if you're related to the <laughs> you know, mother of or whatever. But on the same time... Like Especially if you didn't ask for clarification on a rundown of the yeah. rules when you entered the door. Exactly. And also, this you is don't why know what the rules are. when I'm finished in my kitchen, there will be rules in my kitchen. I do have a rule. I will have a rule in this place. Kids, kids are fine if you are not being useful in the kitchen it would be helpful if you leave right so then therefore that would eliminate a lot of adults more than the kids <laughs> my kids would be like uh, would wouldn't mind helping if they're in the kitchen either they're hungry or they don't mind helping or even being where everybody else is right but removing them from it just on the fact that you are a child and i'm oppressing you right now right. get out that's a problem you know so I do, like I said, I do with my oh okay with my mother-in-law is probably my mom and my mother-in-law are probably the two people or maybe my sister too that I might kind of like check on certain things, but that's still not enough. I feel like the kids should be empowered as well in those situations because it's times when I'm not around, so they should be able to have like more. I should prepare them more to be able to um stand like stand in there as, as well. It's just. You know, like I said, I meet my kids where they are. It's not something that we have a conversation about enough. And it's more me than them. It's not like, okay, maybe if Jonathan was talking to me, like Tegan talks to you about stuff. But Tegan got there because you guys talked about, you know. So that's my challenge. And it's definitely something we have to work on. That's why I say we're practicing liberation. And I'm not there yet. But I definitely enjoy when we have these discussions because of that like, right and i, I mean you know, go home and be like okay now let's have a conversation <laughs> the christmas before last so the, the after the christmas before last we went to a relative asked us to come to dinner and we we do we are estranged from the majority of our family and she was like you know it's my birthday everybody else is out of town it's just gonna be me and my mom and some other of her the other side of her family and so we went to dinner um, and Tegan is not fond of her mom. I mean, we asked Tegan before and she was right. like, well, if it's just going to be her, like, we're, I'm okay with that. Right. Um, and when we sat down, this particular relative sat right next to Tegan and immediately started talking to her. And from the, uh, the second she sat down, Tegan was like, I don't like you. Don't mm-hmm. talk to me. And that's what I mean. I don't know that. Like, um, oh, Avi would totally say that as yeah. well. <laughs> My kids like everybody. That's why it hasn't been an issue for us. But this is my boundary. Right. Mm -hmm. And we can go on to have a nice dinner. Just don't talk to me. Right. And this person just would not stop. And it was a constant thing. So what ended up happening was for two hours, this person got told, I don't like you. Stop talking to me. Why are you still talking to me? 
for a solid two hours. And it became almost like a sitcom or like one of those old cartoons where the characters just start <laughs> repeating the same thing in like every language they can think of. They just would not stop. Part of the problem was if this was an adult who immediately said, we're not going to do this, that would have been the end of it. And everybody would have had a good dinner. Now, could we have said at some point, Tegan, do you want to switch seats? Sure, we could have done that, yeah. but the fact remains that she chose that seat when she got there. That's where she wanted to sit. Before she also these has other the language that she would have arrived. been able to. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not, but that's where she wanted to sit. Yeah, right. And her father was sitting right next to her, and I was sitting. Next but she to didn't her. have the problem in the end. It was, and like, ultimately, yeah. she was fine. Like right. constantly saying, "I don't like you," was fine for her. She just. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but these people were very upset. Um, afterwards and it's like but you did that to yourself Mm -hmm. and it's not my job to tell her that she should engage with you she made it very clear what the boundary was Mm -hmm. upon your arrival Mm -hmm. oh my mom gets her feelings you chose to continue to do and also you know why she is saying this because this is not a new thing Mm It's your fault. And so it's, well, it's your fault. So it's a degree. But also, if you legitimately wanted to try and rectify this or make a conversation, she could very easily have said, oh, I understand that you don't like me. Is there something I can do to change that? Mm -hmm. Is there something we can talk about? Like, can I do something for you? Or you could have attempted to repair this if you really wanted it to repair. What you really want is to not be, well, yeah, that. But what you really just wanted is for her to do what you want her to do because she wants you to do it. And you see that you're entitled to that. As a child, that she is responsible for making you feel comfortable and that it's her job to be nice. See, so that's the My kids like everybody like they don't have any conflicts with anybody but my mom will call for facetime at certain times of the day and they'll be like no we're busy and she gets offended and i'm like she doesn't they don't know she's offended because we're having a conversation I'm like but you do this first of all you're home all day like you're you don't why do you wait till like eight o'clock or yes they're engaged in something you can call tomorrow it's just this like big thing and they are just fine with being like I don't want to be bothered with you. And she gets offended every time. It's like, you would think you'd learn after a while since you are the adult with more experience with like interacting that you would be like, oh, when I call them around this time, they are not available and they don't like talking to me. So -hmm. if I really want to engage in a conversation with them, maybe I should work on a better time of day or checking to see if they're available to talk, like doing something different than what I'm doing. And it's not on the kids for me to be like, okay, no, she's on the phone, it is. It is she, she calls, she wants to talk to you. are supposed to soothe your ego. And yeah. See, we don't have the language, but we do, they definitely, they, but they have that on their own. And I feel like I don't play it, like do enough with that, but mm-hmm. I, they definitely have always been that way. Like I know Alicia likes to mention when Kamora is like, we're not babies anymore. They got that because my mom was like, hey, my babies. And they're like, we're not babies. We're not babies anymore. And this has been like three years of them saying this to her. And she still says it. <laughs> it's like, you don't get it. But I like calling them my babies. But they don't like it. And they right. tell you. So <laughs> this is what where we start to have issues um, with subjective things that come up a lot. Not just, they come up in general. But I find them more in spaces with persons of color. Um, when we start having these conversations about more liberated, more free, more gentle 
parenting as well, but these kids are going to be disrespectful. And it's like, no, they're not being disrespectful. You feel disrespected anytime they don't agree with you, they don't acquiesce to you, and they have an opinion. You need to work out why that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of you have not genuinely experienced disrespect from anybody if you feel like this, saying <laughs> no to you or disliking you or being upset you're about something that you have done respect for is them. disrespectful. Yeah, right. You're also disrespecting them, hoping that just because you are the bigger person that they you automatically deserve respect from them, but you're not giving Well, that's it. a whole other yeah. issue. That <laughs> yeah. I have never bought into. I have oh. always been very clear with my kids that people... To age be damned that people who respect you, who treat you with integrity and mm-hmm. space, unless they do something otherwise, are should get that in return. And not because you're an elder. Not because they're older than you. Not because you're visiting their home. Like, not mm-hmm. because any of these things. The way that people treat you should be the way that you engage them. Mm-hmm. So if you come at my kids crazy and they cock back and look at you and give it back to you, that's on you. Mm-hmm. And in the sense, like, yeah, like, I mean, it's that whole phrase, like, teach, treat people how you want to be treated, but you, people, like, tend to dismiss that it's, like, two-way, like, that's all, like, I like to treat people respectful, but if I get back disrespect or some type of, mm-hmm. then whatever I was given is reciprocate like um taken rescinded like it's like oh you don't deserve my respect you don't deserve this appreciation from me because you are not willing to give it back to me and that goes back to our conversation with friendships and everything it's just you have to get put into it to get it and you can't just walk up to a kid and be like because i'm an adult you should respect me but it's a lot of times it's not even respect that they want right i mean that's what you're saying right what they want what they're looking for is not respect right Right. what they're looking for Mm -hmm. is compliance is for you to make them feel comfortable is for you to behave and speak in a certain way that fits with their idea Mm -hmm. of what you should be doing that's not Mm -hmm. actually about respect at all and it's a whole cycle that that's how they were treated that's how we were treated like i and if a child were to do that to you were to have that same expectation Mm -hmm. of you well it depends on what how old they are because when they're really little it's cute and they laugh and they think it's funny unless they're in a, mo- a way well it's a funny because it's so ridiculous the idea that a child should expect the same or bo- bossy right. or like treat you like, and it's just like like oh it's so funny it's almost like they think they're people <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, look she's never telling me to do this and she's talking to me like she's a bit she's an adult look at this it's so cute right until it's something that you don't yeah it's just a whole I, I can't with it but I get annoyed I, I feel like me for me like I'm my personality was this way as a child, mm-hmm. and oh, was not respected. Like I'm like I haven't changed much. If like that's not at mm-hmm. all. But yeah. I'm now I'm respected as an adult. Like sometimes that's hard too because you know how <laughs> even even when you become an adult, the grown people still treat you like a child, mm-hmm. which is even more like oh I did everything. I got my own place. Mm-hmm. I, I I am responsible for myself, and you still want to put me in that bubble of a child? Like oh no oh no you told me. You told me that when I become an adult that and I am not under your roof that now I have these rights and these well, so this you is not the other thing, put right? me in that box. So <laughs> the problem with raising kids in that paradigm is that the bar is always being moved. Exactly. Right? And so we will give you this limit when you turn 18, when you turn 17, when you get a license, when you can drink, when you then you'll be an adult, but then you turn those ages and it's like no, when you get a house, when you get a job, mm-hmm. 
and then that happens and it's like no well when you get my age and then we have this ridiculous notion that suddenly when you become 80 you can just talk to people crazy and nobody's gonna say anything back and you're gonna do and oh that's my thing now like oh but they're older but they were like that when they were young like that's not an excuse they've always been this person i'm not gonna take it now or maybe they haven't or maybe they haven't but they've been saving all of this because when they they get to this blessed age because now they know that everybody will make allowances for it i earned the right i went i i just lived i could have been a douchebag or not a what is it a degenerative society but now i've earned it because you have the right (laughs) to be as mediocre to be as jerky Mm -hmm. to be as much an asshole as you want you have that right your entire Mm -hmm. life you have that right that does not mean you are free from the consequence of those behaviors but Mm -hmm. you have that right your entire life and it's just mind numbing that even like even if that is who your true nature is, that you had to wait your entire life to be a dick. Mm-hmm. That's kind of sad. <laughs> you you could have been enjoying your twenties. Like <laughs> at least you would have been enjoying it. Like I don't. It's sad. You probably, it probably would have been a phase you got you overcame and probably. moved on to something else. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. you just got deep running bitterness. It's like that's not. You can yeah, carry that no to way, the end. That's no way to live. It's like you know you are on your deathbed. How would you want to remember your life? You want to be able to say I did things that I enjoyed, and it doesn't matter when your deathbed comes to you. You want to be like I. I got to be the whole person there that I so wanted to be and do that, things. Not so many people, <laughs> but there were enough people that like had like, accidents right after high school or like mm-hmm. died or were killed right after mm-hmm. high school. And I just remember being like, that fucking sucks. Yeah. And like, about I to enjoyed live. high school, yeah. but I was like, mm. they were just about, they were just about to you get, just got to free. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the thing that, that is the most sad part about people dying at a young age. Is because you know that there were so many limitations on mm-hmm. them, and, it's like, and then that's why, like, when people are like, "Oh, they're older, they live the good life," but truthfully, that's not a reward no, to everybody either. either. Yeah. So that was one of the things that did strike me. I know I had a lot of issues with that book you read, but the idea that you see kids as adults in training, and that mm-hmm. we spend their whole childhood mm-hmm. worrying about the adults they're going to be, and we don't actually look at the person who hears right now, who's actually fully human. Even if mm-hmm. they're two or seven yeah. or fifteen, like they're and, actually an entire human being yeah. right now today. And I know I play back on like things that I the reason why I'm one of the reasons why I'm in this parenting realm today is because of breastfeeding. But the whole idea, like when you look at like birthing and breast and how they know when they're hungry, they know what they want, they can do a breast crawl to your like they know their instincts, and we de- de- we we train them out of it we mm-hmm. teach them how to ignore their own inner self and it's like that's what you're basically saying like my kid he loves cars right now put him in the school system or didn't want to raise him liberated i would be teaching him how to not enjoy that and like how not to not um find joy in that for profit or for whatever reason and then he'll for anything yeah, he'll go to college or, or go or to school just, and become something not, else it's not important yeah and then find right, it in another way your time there's a I don't know. Italy is a problem. This is a story about two men fishing, and one man is like he's retired and he's bought a house and did whatever. And the other guy is like, "Don't you want to get a job or don't you want to do?" I forget. I'm paraphrasing this story. And he's like, "Why?" And he's like, "So you can, you know, you can make money and you can be rich and then you could do all these mm-hmm. things, and then you can retire to buy a house and fish all day." But I'm doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that whole idea, like. I'm doing the thing that makes me happy now, and I'm living, but 
in our world, it's like, no, but you want to go through this process, this rat race that we all hate. We all hate. Well, part and, and of it, yes. Yeah, so a lot of it is that misery loves company, right? Basically, and so, like, yeah. I remember this with um, when I first had kids and I was going to be home with my kids. At the time, we were not planning to homeschool, but it was like, I'm going to be home with my kids until they start school. And a lot of people were like, but you have degrees. And like, yeah. Uh-huh. But you don't enjoy your job. So why would I want to be doing that right now? And if I can get a break from that, why wouldn't I want to? Like if I don't have to, to only re- end up why ba- like resenting the other people who are able to do. Like exactly I am that. good. But yeah. this whole socialization that everybody's so worried our kids are missing out on—that's what it is—is mm-hmm. is, is setting up this path and creating these boundaries and these barriers that this is the way forward. This is the line you mm-hmm. walk. This is the and I did that right. I walked that path. Mm-hmm. I went. I went to school. I went to college. I went to grad school. Like mm-hmm. I, I did all the things. I chucked all the right. Yeah. And that sold into it too. And that doesn't mean that those choices were necessarily wrong. But that's the only option presented. Like this is the way you live your life, and these, the are, American these are the dream, boundaries. The two point five children yeah, in the house. Yeah, all of that. All of that. And that's what. When you're socialized into that, it's not even a choice. It's not that you enjoy it mm-hmm. or you don't enjoy it. It's that this is you're being molded to fit this. Yeah, and this yeah. was that was like not even told to me by anybody in my family. My mom didn't care if I went to college or anything. And I don't shouldn't say care, but that wasn't her like ambition for me or anything yeah. like that. But TV shows, whatever school, yeah. like whatever is in front of us, that's yeah. what we're doing. Like this is what we're supposed to do or want. <laughs> and most people don't actually initially want that. Right. You know, in the beginning, like my kids, oh, Jonathan wants to be married. Well, but, we, it, we but he doesn't want all, all the other time, right? We tell them that like you. You can't make a career of this. It's great that that's a hobby, like, but you need to find something real to do. You need to find something that's going to make you money. You need to, like, these things are fun to play, and now you're done with them. You need to go out into the real world and have interests that are real adult interests. But right? the real world is very is it's skewed through. The, like there are all these things that real people do in the real world all the time that we tell our kids are not important, right? Mm-hmm. Learning how to manage your household—that's not real work. That's not a value. That's necessary, but it's a necessity for some anything people. that is traditionally considered women's work, right? This mm-hmm. is not a value. Yeah. Anything working with your hands, learning yeah. like all of these things, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do things just because you have joy in them, because I think that's really important mm-hmm. too. But we have very specific ideas of what kind of work has value and what kind of work is real yeah. and, and my, what kinds of things are important to learn. Mm-hmm. My thing is we we foster this and we buy into it, but then we celebrate all the people. Who didn't like whenever somebody went a different route or whatever it's like oh my god look at um what's the facebook guy's name whatever you know like they don't celebrate all of the people we did we celebrate the few people that make it to the top and everybody else we go well see you could have had a better chance if you had just done all the things that we were telling you to do but even though these people didn't and are there are people who don't even go those routes who are happy people but are successful for me. Successful in my eyes, but success is like right. a relative term. To me, like if you're happy and you wake up in the morning and this, I mean, some days I'm not happy, but if you wake up in the morning and you're happy and you are content with where your life is going, then that's successful enough for me. You don't need to be making a million dollars. You don't need to be, you don't have, need to have 75 houses and all these right. cars and but stuff like that. Right, but choosing to people find or feel that choosing to raise your children without that 
is a reflection of how you feel about them and the choices that they have made. Well, that's, that's what every real, choice I've made. That's what the real <laughs> issue is, right? Every that's choice. Any yeah. parenting yeah. choice you take, you make this outside the mainstream mm-hmm. is people view it as a criticism yeah. of their choices. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, yeah, we, we can have a whole, we're like, what, an hour and 15 minutes? <laughs> we have a whole conversation just on people's reactions to your choices and how that has nothing to do with you and all to do with them. And yeah, 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 like I'm, uh, we're talking about this liberation and breastfeeding and all, I mentioned that and all these other things, homeschooling and stuff. I am fully aware that my kids could be like, oh, F all of that. Mm-hmm. This is not my bag. And I'll be like, well, do you, you know, like it's not, I'm not in, it's my, uh, the reason why I consider myself to be a content, happy person, whatever. I didn't have children so I could live vicariously through them. And hopefully they do things that I couldn't have done outside of the raising them to be liberated people. I did from early on. Be like when I have kids, we're not doing that. We're not. We're not. I'm not pigeonholing them to certain things. Like, but it wasn't all of the stuff that we are now. But a little bit of those things. Like, if they have a voice, I want them to speak. And I, my mom used to say, I hope you have kids that are like you. And I'm like, me too. Because mm-hmm. like, I want somebody to be raised, especially a daughter, because we got all those issues in our. I was like, that is nurture. And we can, I can like allow them to speak for themselves and not be shut down and not feel so trapped and not being able to, you know, basically liberate themselves. So I'm all for like wherever that goes. She can do whatever she wants, but... Well, the thing about yeah. liberated parenting is that we seem to reserve it for kids that have, like, terminal illness. Oh. Oh, right? you're, you're about to die, so... Go, yeah, right? So it's like, you have building. this incurable cancer, <laughs> you have this whatever. We have limited time with you. So therefore, not, you get to live life And you're no longer happily. an adult in training. Like right. they, You're not going to make it to... Mm-hmm. So you get to have all these experiences, so now we don't have but all no one seems to really to acknowledge to. how ridiculous this is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how they say about unschooling. That's one of the philosophies of unschooling. Unschool like you don't have, like you have one right. year of like like live your life. So I'm like, I like that. We're I'm all for just living your although you know. Maybe we should go on some more vacation stuff. <laughs> now that we're talking well, about we're just it, in terms of making all these decisions, planning for a future that you don't know what it's going to be or what who your kids are going to be, what, whether mm-hmm. that's the future that makes sense for them. Like you can, yeah, you can train them for a certain thing, and then that's not that's yeah. not what's right for them. Exactly. Well, that, and that Whereas they make people. the choices themselves to follow a certain path and then decide that they want a different path, that was their process. Oh, yeah. I think it freaks people out when I'm like, Jonathan wants to go to college, or if he wants to do whatever, that's on him. I'm waiting for the day where he will be responsible for his education and be able to dictate all those things. Hell, I'm trying to plan a um, trip somewhere where I, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, even, I always focus on him because they're not there yet, but we're recording. Um, yeah, like just waiting for them to be in control of those things. And then I love that this little girl started homeschooling and she's 13. It's like, yeah, you and graduated. I think she went to college or whatever. It's like, you can also graduate. You don't have to wait till 18 mm-hmm. to start your college career. Like we celebrate all these people who are like 20 something and doing this grand thing. It's like they got there because they were nurtured to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. You're missing that part of the whole entire conversation. They're not... A success story because they are like um, 
an exception to the rules or anything like that. It's because you put these rules in place and you don't realize that there are limitations that you're <laughs> providing for your children. Oh, okay, we're gonna eat. But yeah. I'm great. Because <laughs> you're at, you're over here. <laughs> All right, so we are almost at 120. I think we could talk about this much more because I think this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, but I'm gonna wrap this up because Kyson's not gonna stop talking, and maybe they should eat, and then maybe we can start a new one. Um, well, thanks for listening. This was To Be Decided. Maybe we'll come up with a different name, but I don't know. This is kind of fun. <laughs>